Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. My name is Micaiah Williams Franklin. And welcome to Black Mental Health Matters. Our mission here, our mission here is to encourage open dialogue and mental health in Black communities. I am your host, Micaiah Williams Franklin, and today we have Dr. Tonisha Freeman Foster discussing the treatment I'm sorry, discussing holistic treatment, wellness, and racial healing. And this is your co-host, Ethiopia Ewert. Hi, Ethiopia Ewert here. I'll be co-hosting. Nice to see y'all. Hello, hello, Dr. T. Um, would you uh, just mind going ahead and introducing yourself to the audience today? Absolutely. And thank you all so much for the opportunity to be here today. Um, my name is Dr. Tanisha Freeman Foster, also known as Dr. T. I'm very excited to be here today to talk about Black mental health. This has been something that has been a great passion of mine. Um, my background includes working in child welfare, working in HIV AIDS, and also working with individuals who are living with or impacted by mental illness. We try to focus on mental wellness, though. Um, so I'm here. I'm interested and excited to talk about this topic and what organizations can do, what we can do as individuals and how we can support each other in our communities. Thank you for that, Dr. T. Um, you, you mentioned something just a second ago that I, I just want to tease out a little bit more. You, you said we work on um, mental, mental wellness instead of mental illness. Can you can you expand on that for us, please? Absolutely. I think we have gotten to the point where illness sometimes dictates that we are patients that we are patients and that we are doomed to have a life of sickness. But when we focus on mental wellness, I feel like it inspires hope that it says this is something that is manageable, similar to diabetes or similar to high blood pressure, that it's manageable and that there's hope and that wellness ultimately is, is the goal and that we can work, we can go to school and we can navigate life and have a mental health diagnosis. And so I think really focusing on that allows people to be healthcare participants and not healthcare patients. And so it gives them their power back and it empowers them to do what they need to do to for their own wellness. Love how that sounds. That is absolutely like, it, it's a very important thing, which is why I wanted to just highlight that fact that like when we focus on illness, we, we, we focus on the illness. When we focus on wellness, we focus on the person. So thank yes. you so much for um for for highlighting that for us, Dr. T. Makaya, would you like to go ahead? Yes, 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 yes. I would love to go ahead and just on and get the ball rolling. Um, so our first question that I have for you today, Dr. T, is having spent your 20 um, notable years as a public health and equity professional, what does the prevalence of racial healing and wellness mean to you? whether it's inside the workplace or outside of the workplace. Absolutely. So thank you for, for asking that question. And I think it means a variety of things. First, I think it's important for us to understand that racism occurs in the workplace. And no matter where you work at, there's some level of racism there most likely. And even in health and equity organizations, there's some level of racism. And so I think knowing it when you see it and saying, okay, it's here, and I, once I recognize it, I can do something about it. And once you recognize it, there are ways that you can find support from team members who may be like-minded. And these could be diverse team members, team members from all different backgrounds who can help um, navigate the work and navigate the atmosphere and also provide a sense of support. It may be going out to lunch with someone um, talking on Teams or, or WhatsApp or whatever, or text messaging. Um, I think also inside the workplace, it's if you don't have that, there are so many professional organizations and groups that you can join that have lunch break talks and, and things like that. I think outside of work, it's important for us to find the space where we can just be. 
And for me, that's Zumba, that's going to weight training, that's swim lessons, um, just doing a variety of things, reading and learning about how other people are navigating it. And sometimes just watching something funny on, on YouTube or on Netflix or something like that. It, but really taking time to take care of yourself. I think that's the overall goal. Thanks, Dr. T. Um, our next question is, uh, how can holistic treatment support racial healing and wellness? That's a great question. Thank you, Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Um, I think it's important. Like we have to, we have to do it. We have to heal. And so looking at strategies, and I think holistic for me means whatever helps you feel your best, wherever you receive energy and support from, and it could be whatever you decide. And I think we've gotten stuck because we've been wronged by the things that um, we deem is healthy. It's not clinical or it doesn't fit in this particular box. And so we've been wrong. We've been made to feel ashamed that that's not it when actually it is it. It's that place that makes you happy. And so I think it's important. Like we have to find those spaces where we can just be, where we can heal, where we can refuel our well and where we can be surrounded with people that give us energy and breathe life and, and re reinforce the goals and the values that we have for ourselves and our communities. I love, love, love the fact that you mentioned spaces because um, having a safe space is very, very, very important, especially being in professionalism, being in the corporate world. Um, as a black woman, I'm sure that you have had situations where you feel as though you had no other choice but to turn to finding that refuge or finding that relief within yourself. And that in itself is wellness. I feel like when people hear holistic and wellness, they think that it's some like huge um, category that takes like such a long time to um, continue or to even like start, let's say. But people don't realize that little things that they do like to us, Data, from a day-to-day -day routine to a weekly routine all contribute to your holistic health. So I think that was actually beautiful that you mentioned that. Thank you. Um, no problem. For our next question, I have, uh, for those seeking support with racial healing, holistic treatment is not the first suggestion, especially within our own community. Do you feel as though holistic treatment not being universal contributes to any racial discrimination, like outside of the Black community? Absolutely. I think anytime we don't take into consideration what helps people heal, it is a form of racial discrimination because it causes inequities that are, we see disparities across race. And a lot of that is because we haven't figured out how to help people normalize what they consider as healing for them. And so I, I, I thought about this question and, and one of the things that came up for me was, for example, if I had a business that said, you know, bring your kids here. And I opened it for parents who wanted to go on vacation and said, you can bring your kids here. They'll be taken care of while you're away celebrating your anniversary or you just need some parent time. And you brought your kids over and say, okay, here's a list of the things that my kids like to eat. And when you left, I took it and I ripped it up and I was like, they're going to eat what I cook and they're going to do this. And I didn't take into account their allergies. I didn't take into account what they were, what they love to eat. And when you returned, they were lethargic, they were dehydrated and they were hurt or they needed to go to the emergency room. And that's what we do to people when we don't take into account what helps them heal. When we say as a professional, I went to school and I've learned how to do this and let me tell you what you need. And in the meantime, people are suffering and we see it. We see it in the numbers. We see it in the numbers of people who are being impacted, who are being um, disabled and on disability because of mental health, because of their mental health, when they could be thriving and living productive and, and better lives. But because we refuse to give them what they need and we say we're the experts and let me tell you how this goes and it's not working for people in those same allergies are existing in, in sickness and we stand by and don't do anything. And then we call it resilience 
So now I've given you things that you're allergic to and you didn't die. You lived, you are resilient. And it's like, no, you are wrong. And so we need to do better by that. You know, the only thing I can say over here right now is hallelujah. Say it again for the people in the back. Literally. Say it again. And, um, you know, just kind of highlighting the fact that um, the medical institution is also wrought with racial um, discrimination as well. Like Literally the from the initial point. Yeah, the, mm -hmm. the textbooks. You know, um, nothing addresses an implicit bias, even, you know, as the um, recent studies have shown, like you have the medical students who are still in this idea that black people can take tolerate more pain. Exactly. That skin is, is thicker than, than other people's skin. And like those things haven't even been addressed yet. You know, it's like a laying on a liberal application of 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 that mindset onto black folks in a way to try to, you know, heal them. I, I, I can go down a rabbit hole with this, but I'd like to tie it into our next question, which is um, like, when we think about the fact that for black people in the diaspora, right? Facing racial discrimination is, is, is a constant thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. like I, I tell people, I'm like, I can't say that there's any space Maybe out, you know, even in my home, because if I'm watching television, yes. you know, like things can come into our home that yeah. I do not have where there's going to be um, aggressive uh, Eurocentric ideology pushed on me um, and, and discrimination. So in those moments, um, what can we do that can contribute to our racial healing and overall wellness? Absolutely. That's a great question. And I think it's all of the little things, all of the little things that we think are not, or it doesn't matter, it matters. And so even in the morning, like just getting up, like I have a whole bunch of playlists with hundreds of songs, getting up and listening to whether it's gospel music, whether it's R&B, whatever makes me feel good and whatever I feel like listening to and listening to that when I get up. And so it's not just about the playlist, it's about me and us as a community and as individuals being intentional about what we put into our body. So I'm not going to get up and listen to the radio or listen to the news and listen to all the bad things that have happened, especially to people who look like me. I'm going to control it. I have a, a playlist. I'm going directly to my playlist and I determine how my day is going to start. Also on my computer, when I log on to my computer, I have a website that I have made as my homepage and it just has good news. And so it's things like that, that we can use to control what we listen to. If I'm in my car, there are certain things that I listen to. And at a certain time of the day, if I need to know what's going on in the news, I know where to find that at. But in the meantime, I think it's about being in control of what we put in our system and the seeds that we allow to be planted in our system. And I always say, always compare it to going to a bank and depositing a check from another bank. And that bank doesn't just deposit it right away. They take it and they hold it and they make sure that that other bank has whoever wrote that check, that that account has money in it. And if it doesn't, here's your check back. If it does, we'll wait a few days and deposit it. And I think as human beings, we have to do that. We can't allow people to just speak words into us or deposit media into us. It's like, no, I get, I hear you. And I'm going to hold this. And if I feel like it fulfills me, I will allow it to, to be planted in my garden. And otherwise, like you can take that back. And I think we have to be as intentional as possible in the things that we have control over and making sure that they are things that feed us and that fertilize our soil and not plant poison and roots. And I think we there's a lot of things that we can do to, to control that and a lot of environments that we can surround ourselves in to nourish and, and and fertilize us versus poisoning us wow that was so inspiring i was actually sitting here rushing to take notes as you were speaking because i really love how you connected um to something that you do like day to day like just sitting in your car and you have an app on your phone 
um, that just uh, gives you words of affirmation. I actually do that as well. And now that I'm thinking about it, yes, that is literally like almost textbook definition of holistic health because you're feeding back to yourself. Like some say um, words of affirmation can be considered to be a love language and mm -hmm. we can have love languages within ourselves. And I feel like speaking such powerful words to yourself is a big part of holistic treatment and even racial healing as well, because growing up, um, me personally, uh, we were talking about um, school before uh, me growing up. I grew up in a very diverse um, school, um, like from grade school uh, and my college is a little diverse as well, even though I do attend an HBCU. Um, it's just, I feel like at my HBCU, I don't necessarily see how, um, well, I don't necessarily, I feel like I can take that collective breath because I am around more people and I am in the, that safe space. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that safe space, it's like we all enjoy the same thing. It's like we enjoy the same culture, um, the same art, the same music, which again is another thing that you were talking about. Just listening to whatever music um, helps you feel how you should feel when you are at your highest self. I just really, really enjoy that too, because a while ago I posted something on TikTok about how I um, conduct um, uh, this mirror magic kind of thing. Um, it's a confidence boosting mechanism, which is holistic treatment as well. And these are just a couple of other day-to-day -day things on top of two of the other great things that you do. Um, these are my variations of them, but mm -hmm. again, people do these every day and don't think like, hey, this is actually helping heal me or, hey, I really needed this. And um, I think that that's just the beauty in it because you never actually have the chance to take a step back and realize that, hey, I'm like healing myself until like you take that journey and you take the approach to the growth. So I really thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. And I think it's, it's again, it's the little things. I'm sitting here in front of my computer and I have sticky notes of affirmations exactly. around my monitor or it's sticky notes in the bathroom, on the mirror in the bathroom. And so wherever you are, there should be some type of affirmation or something that uplifts you or a photo from a, a outside of your favorite place or something like we have control over that and we can we can do that. Exactly. Etiel, did you have anything to say about anything that you might do on a day to day? Well, one of the things that this question has me thinking about is um, at one point I, I lived in public housing. And so for folks that don't know, public housing is um, through the United States government. And it's like one of the most depreciated places you can live in the United States. And um, and what what it made me think about is this i'm gonna i'm gonna put this here um put it up for for everyone to see but resma menakem who who wrote this book uh called my grandmother's hands mm -hmm. um he he said he said this um wait, let me find it i'm sorry it was at the bottom i'm gonna put it here Trauma decontextualized in a family looks like family traits. Trauma in a people looks like culture. And so what I was thinking about as you were speaking, Dr. T, is like, what about the folks who say, well, this behavior, me yelling or me, you know, drinking or, you know, me doing things that are not necessarily beneficial to my wellness, this is just what we do. This is this is my culture. And how like how can that like in, in that respect, how do how do you get to a place of like, all right, well, I'm gonna move towards affirmation instead of waking up in the morning, you know, having having a couple of sips, you know, smoking a blunt and and you know, being on I IG. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you can speak a, a little bit to that, I would I would appreciate it. Absolutely. And I think that's a great question. I see someone say about power. I mean, prayer, prayer is powerful. And I, I totally agree with that. I would say sometimes we do what we do because we don't know better. And I think when we know better, we do better. And so sometimes it is people coming and saying, no, 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 that's not the way. And we've normalized things that 
we do because that's all that we know until someone comes along and say, you know what, like listening to the news in the morning, that's depressing. But I listen to music like maybe you try this and it's like, whoa, that did make me feel good. But sometimes we don't know. And I think we get stuck in thinking that people know better. And I've seen people in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s who did not know better. And, and we have to reteach each other and we have to relearn it and know that the things that we have normalized, that they may be going on in our family, but they come from somewhere. And where did they come from? And who put that, who inserted that and made that okay? Because most of the time that, that was not us because we did not come from that. We, uh, most of the time we did not come from that. That is not our, our form of healing. It is something that has been forced upon us. It is something that we see over and over again on Ratchet TV. And we just have to be careful. Like that is not our story. It may be told by people that look like us, but why? Who's profiting off of it and who's benefiting from it? And is that something that's making us well or is it something that's making us sick? And being very mindful of that and knowing and, and challenging it. Like, okay, where did this come from? When did we start like cursing at each other and like putting each other down? And is that really helpful? Like it may feel good, but does it really feel good? Or have we been thought, like taught that it feels good and that it's okay? But there are other ways of communicating. There are other ways of living. There's other ways of thriving. And that's not it. And I think once we know better and we're able to do better, that we reach back or we reach to the side or we reach forward and we teach other people and we, and we build our own um, source of healing and we retell our story because unfortunately these things that are being told that's not our story thank you for sharing and and speaking to that uh dr t that's important yes that is very important it kind of reminds me my freshman year um we were to read i had this uh course called freshman seminar um with my professor uh janae carpenter uh i attend Bowie state university um, she, so within our freshman seminar class, we were assigned these journals and in these journals, we were said to practice mindfulness. Um, and there were like different other, there were multiple different categories of mindfulness. So like each week we would have a different prompt that was due. And these really, really, really helped me in times when I felt as though I couldn't just listen to music to feel better or at times where I felt like I couldn't just go exercise to burn off some steam um, mm -hmm. because I felt as though documenting it, um, I felt as though documenting how I felt was prominent. So times that I can come back, I can reflect. And with that being said, um, some people don't document all the time what they're feeling, whether it's a video, whether it's a picture of them crying, whether it's just writing down a quick uh, diary entry. And I feel as though over time, people has, well, has, <laughs> people have not necessarily taken into consideration how that can contribute to like your overall growth and like your physical health as well. So when we speak about holistic health, it's not only like what's up here, it's also like what's in here. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, like um, none of us are brain doctors or none of us are cardiologists, but in doing specific things such as like, if you have like insomnia or something like, um, uh, or something of that nature, or you just have trouble falling asleep at night, like even as early as preparing for your rest by starting your day early and then being in bed early, like getting the little ambiance of getting like your teacup, like you said before, and just like setting yourself up for your night's rest. Um, that's holistic treatment in itself as well. So I just wanted to go ahead and add that example too. Absolutely. Uh, and our next question is, um, holistic treatment is dated back ages. Like we were just talking about people have been doing stuff to make them feel better since the dawn of time. Um, this is because humans are prone to seek relief and refuge, how I was mentioning earlier, in times of indifference. 
So when it comes to racial discrimination, like if it only continues or if it gets to the point where it's out of control in our country, because you never know, (laughs) I wanted to know, do you feel like people will stop looking to holistic treatment or will stop um, or eventually do you think that their belief could shift or um, anything of that nature? Yes, that's a good question. And I think we have to, I think we have to, to look at holistic treatment. I think if we as human beings want to survive, we have to look at holistic treatment. There are other things and, and not saying that mental health treatment and taking medication is, is not, um, something that's positive because we know it works for many people and we know that that's a positive thing. In addition to that, it has to be something that people want to do. That's something that, again, refills their well that they are engaging in. And so holistic um, treatment is important. And we like to call it, I've termed it as innovative wellness strategies. And so we sometimes Times we label them, oh, that's a non-traditional approach. And it's like, whose tradition is, is are we talking about? Because in mine, like this is like secondhand, like this is like automatic. Like I get up, I pray, I listen to these songs, I do this. And so I think the labels are what prevent us from being able to place value on those approaches that these these are the things that make us well. And I think if we want to survive and we want to thrive as human beings, We have to lean into those things that make us well, and we have to advocate for them. If you're seeing a therapist or you're going to a mental health um, treatment facility and they are not culturally and emotionally engaging with you, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to advocate for those individuals. And it may be that you come together and you create your own mental wellness um, strategies, or you have something in a barbershop or a hair salon, but I think that we won't survive. If we don't like it, it is imperative that holistic health, innovative wellness approaches are implemented because those are healing for us. And I think we this is what's in our soul. I, I really believe it's in our soul and it's in our DNA. And so any deviation from that, we might go to our we might take our medication. We might do all of these things and do them religiously. But there's still going to be a piece that's missing. And that is because it's in our DNA. And so I think if we want to survive and if we want to thrive, it's important. Like it's not optional. It's not, maybe I'll do it. It's like when, cause I'm doing it. So when, when it every day. And so I I think we have to. Dr. T, I love how you, you spoke to the the fact that like holistic treatment is what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, you know, like, because what the, the way that like we're practicing Western medicine now, this is so recent. Mm-hmm. It's so recent. Like, I'm not sure if uh, folks know about the Flexner report um, that w- this dude Flexner worked with. I think his name was Abraham Flexner, but he worked with uh, the Carnegie's. And th- this this created the role, th- the model that we we have right now. And that was done in the 1900s. So prior to this, what we what we see as holistic healing, which holistic healing, you know, is, is there's not the separation of the mind and body in that, what, you know, the dichotomy of mind and body, right? That's what holistic whole, right? Holistic uh, healing was about. And so this, what we're doing now is so, so new. And um, but it's also where all the research is being done, right? It's where yes. all the money goes. Correct. And so there's not enough um enough research exploring all the benefits, unless you look at like China and India and those places that still rely on a lot of holistic treatment in supporting the patient, right? And and supporting the individual with their wellness, right? Um, so I'm 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 happy to hear that because I think when people hear holistic treatment sometimes, particularly in our community, some folks may think like, ooh, that's some new agey stuff over there. I don't know. That's some about voodoo that. stuff. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, no, th- this is us. 
this this is yo this is our foundation and i love what you said like this you know this is what we do just bring it back like this is what we do and i think you know like like you said earlier too and 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 like letting folks know that this is what it is then it, it becomes something that is it's it's more of an option for us instead of yes. just relying on one method that is tinged and i'm not saying holistic treatment is not tinged with racial discrimination and 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 stuff like that too because of who is practicing right but you know like we already understand that you know uh there's a lot of discrimination and and you know look at the disparities that happen for black folks in with with western medicine you know being able to have those resources that we have in our home you know what i'm saying like like you said mm -hmm. the, the music you know what i'm saying maybe it's looking out your window maybe it's just cutting off the tv and sitting in silence yeah maybe it's a hot shower maybe it's a cold shower yes you know exactly it's the, it's the things that that we have that are readily available to us that can help to get us in a, a way of exploration exploring our feelings exploring you know um how we we really feel inside mentally and physically so mm -hmm. i do appreciate um uh you speaking to that um can i just I, add something to that too yeah go for it one of the things i think also is getting back to ourselves getting back to our childlike self where we explored things and we were not phased by being othered or phased by people thinking like that's wrong. And what I found even in mental health and some in substance use programs is when we ask people that question, like as a child, what made you excited? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like what type of activities did you engage? And people start smiling and it's like, I really love to fish. Like I really used to want to be a barber. What's stopping you? And now society and all of these things have gotten in the way. And it's like, how do we get back to our childlike minds where we thought of things that made us excited and there were no boundaries, there were no barriers to it. And a lot of times we will find that holistic healing and that wellness in that like, man, I always, I used to love to paint. Well, let's go get you some paint board and some paint and let's get with it. And those are the things that make us happy before they've been contaminated by all of this, this narrative around who other people think we should be. And we strive to live up to that, to our own detriment. What is it that makes your heart smile? What is it that you always wanted to do? Like if money opportunity or restrictions were, did not create a barrier, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to be? And what does that feel like every day? What does it look like? And the people sit back and they get these smiles and it's like that thing right there. I don't know what it is, but I just seen your smile. Let's write that down. Be and we know it, it's in us, but it's been wronged and it's been othered and we've been made to feel less intelligent because we choose wellness through other ways and we forget that people are profiting off of us being sick and we sometimes I, I struggle with this because i question do we really want people to be well because if we did we would ask them what they needed to be well because most people know they just don't know how to get there and so we do a great job and we fund treatment and crisis but little funding goes to wellness and prevention because it's not profitable. Because if we taught people to lean into what felt good for them and what was in their heart and in their soul, we wouldn't make money off of it. And I say, lean into that because that's your best self. Lean into what makes you feel good and follow your own instinct, follow your soul because it's not going to lead you wrong. That is beautiful. So beautiful. I'm, I'm just like at a loss for words. There's a lot to take in. I had a thought and then you were just inspiring. I lost completely my train of thought. Etiopia, oh. do you have anything that you wanted to say? I gotta get my thoughts together. Yeah, go for it, girl. Um I I also really appreciate what you what you said and it 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 reminds me of like there's so much wisdom in our community. I mean, mm -hmm. all across the diaspora. We have analyzed and we have spoken about this stuff for for forever, right? Um, it it brought me back to um, like Toni Morrison and James Baldwin and the things that that they say, like 
Toni Morrison mentioned like, well, if we didn't have to focus on racism, what would we be doing? Living our best lives. <laughs> right? I mean, she didn't say it exactly like that, but that's the gist of it. You know, and that's what it brought back to, that's what it brought to me was just like, wow, right? Being in that place of imagination, right? The remembrance of self, right? Mm -hmm. Like the remembrance before anything else, before all the trauma, before all of this and that, before people, like you mentioned, unintelligent. I'm like, yo, right? Before people told you that you could not be what you wanted to be, what did you want to be? And even as you said that, I started smiling because I was like, yeah, yes. And I was like, this is, is the right profession. <laughs> that also speaks to like, Dr. T, you also mentioned like, you know, the, the profit in folks suffering, mm -hmm. right? The profit in that. And I think that's a very important thing to, to, to highlight because <clears throat> like, th this is a business for folks. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You no know, illness and, and now wellness too, you know, it, it, I think it's really important for us to, to have that awareness that it is a business that makes money off of off of our suffering. Yes. And, yeah. and for us, it is important for us to like reconnect with self. Mm -hmm. And that's what I got from what you said, Dr. T. Go ahead, Micaiah. Yes, yes, literally. Um, what I was going to say was my thought before uh, you were talking about like uh, Ethiopia just brought it up. We live in a country where our healthcare system is along the same lines as our like governmental system it's very capitalist and they love profit so of course their initial point is to make profit off of those who are suffering off of those who are sick off of those who have disabilities off of those who are minorities it's always a cash cow cash cow cash cow but then outside of the u.s it's like our dollar isn't worth anything so mm -hmm. it's like, is this even genuinely like, are you detrimenting these people's lives on purpose for like, is it even worth it? Like you do like your people should be your number one. Your citizens should be your number one. We live in a democracy. You want to hear your, uh, the voices from the people, but the voices are being drowned out by the dollar signs and all the change. So it's just um, me being 20 years old and you having 20 years under your belt in your profession is just very humbling for me because I feel like you as an individual and even because you should really go into motivational speaking <laughs> oh thank you and you know it's fine um like I was really like genuinely taking notes about how you were talking about connecting to yourself and connecting back to your inner child. And these are all things that I had to unlearn when I, because as a child growing up, um, I was told this, 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 and that, going mm -hmm. through middle school, this, 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 and that, high school, this, 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 and that. And now I feel like I'm not sure when I had this like super duper like epiphany slash breakthrough, um, but I have been undergoing a lot of unlearning and in doing unlearning I'm like reteaching so in yes. a sense I'm trying to heal my little me as adult me is also trying to heal so it's just like all tied in and holistic health has really 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 helped me with that because like just listening to music just making myself some tea just going outside and just taking a walk like these little little things are all holistic treatment and are involved in holistic health and our community just I feel like the label is really what scares them so I feel mm -hmm. like finding what works for you and then continuing and being consistent with that is ultimately how you can begin healing from within so i was really, really inspired by what you said. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I, I um, Ethiopia, I, I know you put in my grandmother's hands earlier, and that is a book that we're reading at work for a book club that I lead. And one of the things that he talked about in that book, 
is about how it was just up until recently where black bodies had some type of control over them, over their self and how this is, this is problematic. This is problematic for the system. This is problematic for colonization because we, that, that, um, seeks to control. And so being sick is another means that allows us to be controlled. And so just being mindful of that and being mindful of wellness. And I think that is the strife with holistic health, because that gives us our control back. That gives us control because as a sick person, you are dependent on a system. You are dependent on a person and people not only benefit from that financially, but they benefit by being able to control. And so we have to take that control back. And whether, even if we're sick, there are things that we can do to help ourselves be well. And so really, I think leaning into who we are and who we were born as and what our ancestors did to be well, we, we have to be very strategic about that. And I think also, I love what you said, Makaya, about learning and unlearning and reteaching and that message, how it filters down to our parents of like, oh, you want to be an artist? Mm -mm, artists don't get paid good. You need to get you a good job so you can get you some benefits. And like you, you do art stuff on the side. And even that, like, where'd that come from? At fear, because they want us to be successful and they want us to do well. And so we, we have to be, again, really conscious of how we receive information and if we even receive it mm -mm, here's your check back that check that's a bad check we're not taking that check and really filtering that message and and leaning into us as a people like we have strength and i think we don't say that enough i am strong and i may not know it all but somebody that i know does where i am struggling at they are strong in and where they are struggling at and i i am strong in and together we can win because we don't have any weaknesses and so i think really leaning into that is important. Thanks, Dr. T. Um, I wanted to highlight um, uh, something here from Regina Rowe. Dancing is a form of play, if you think about it. And as you were talking, Dr. T, I was thinking about, yo, when them drums get started, you know what I'm saying? When <laughs> You know, uh, Dave Chappelle had has some comedy about that, but you know, back in the day. But like, when uh, there's something about the drums, when those drums get started, something happens to us. Yes, you that cadence, we know it. It's in our soul. Something it, it, it speaks to it, and 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 you know, just it, it made me think about like uh, where I live. There's a there's a gentleman who is a his family has that. That's what his family has been doing. Um, their uh, country in West Africa, I've, I've, maybe it's Ivory Coast, but in any case, like a long, long line, this is what his people did. You know what I'm saying? This is what they do, right? And he was like, yo, we got, you know, like patterns for this, for this type of uh, ceremony, for this type of healing, for you don't play this when, when a woman is pregnant. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's so like, the thing is, it's like what I, you know, um, being a, a black American and, and like, you know, not being able to trace my roots back all the way back to the continent. It's like, you know, I'm in this place of like, I don't really know what my people did, but, but I do feel it yes. when those drums come around. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that that's important, too, for us to like, we've been taught that our, you know, like our ancestors are slaves. Well, in the United mm -hmm. States, right? You, if you, if you in the United States and you're black and you're not a recent um, transplant from another country to the United States, if you, you know, black American, you, y'all ain't come from nothing. Y'all was just some slaves. Right. We still have heritage. I feel like right. we still have heritage. We right. are just like, I don't know. Cause I feel like, so at my school, we have different, um, we have all different type of black people from all different aspects. So we have like the Caribbean people, we have people who um, are citizens of Africa. We also have black Americans and I'm a black American. So, um, and I grew up in the suburbs. So it's like, I literally am almost like always in between the like 
whitewash conversation and the I'm too black for this conversation. So I feel like me being put in those, um, I feel like me growing up where I grew up, I definitely benefited because my mother, it wasn't lost for us um, to know that we were black. Like my mother always mm -hmm. knew she was like, yeah, we're going to church. We're going to our black church. You have beautiful black hair. You have beautiful black skin, beautiful melanin. Even when we were in places that were predominantly white. And for that, I am really, really, really thankful for my mother for, because if she didn't instill those, I don't want to say characteristics, but if she didn't instill those ideas and identifiers in me and my siblings from a young age, I feel as though my confidence growing up where I grew up definitely would have been shattered. I definitely would have felt like I didn't belong, but whenever I do get around my people, I feel it like it just feels like generational. Like you were talking about like the drums, like when mm -hmm. I hear like a certain like strum of a like um, guitar, I wanna wind my hips, it's like just so much. And I genuinely just think that that's so like, it's like an unspoken type of, I'm sorry, I'm at a loss for words. It's no, just, yes like, is good. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's like an unspoken cultural. I'm not a loss for words. I'm so sorry. It's just it's like a connection. Like, it's yes, a connection. Yes, yes, yes. Connection between us black folk, definitely. Yes. And I and I think I, I love this conversation because I think we have to challenge the narrative. I refuse to be a part of anything that calls my ancestors slaves. Like they were kings, queens, princes. Prince, innovators, hardworking, all of the above who were stolen and captured and enslaved. And I don't know, but most people, if you're doing some type of business transaction, it works out. So you're not stealing people because I think first saying that they were slaves makes it seem like they were ignorant. They were uncivilized and we needed to teach them and we helped these people have a better life. No, no, we helped you have a better life. And we, these were inventors. There's so many inventions that we use today that we were unable to patent as black people that were created by our ancestors. And who goes and steals someone who needs to be trained and taught? You stole us because we brought assets. We were a value. And so remembering that, like who you, you wouldn't have taken us to come and so you could teach us. We taught you, we invented things that helped make life better. And so there is value there. And so no one can tell me that my people are ignorant and uncivilized and unlearned. We are quite just the opposite. We have built so many things in this, or in this country. We have established so many inventions and so many things that we use today. And if we were a liability, you wouldn't have enslaved us. That's not even good math. It's not good business. It's not good anything. And so we have to call a lie a lie and, and really lean into who we know we are and really disrupt that narrative that's played on TV in front of us of people who look like us, who are fighting each other and who are cussing each other out and doing all those things, traveling to other countries and fighting and throwing drinks on each other. Like who does that? That is not who we are. And at the same time, we don't own television stations. We are not promoted. So who is benefiting from this? And so unlearning the story, reteaching the story and cutting off the garbage. We have to, we have to tell our own story and we have to tell it in a way that is truthful and in a way that speaks to what we are and who we are as people. And we're, we're thrivers, we're innovators, we're intellectuals, we are creators. Like we bring energy, we bring flavor to food, to music, to dance, yes. to praise, all of those things. Like, let's not get it twisted. Let's tell the truth. It is so important that we work on our words and how we tell our true stories. Um, I actually came across this post the other day. It was the definition of the word negus. Um, also known as uh, another word for king used as the title of the sovereign of Ethiopia. And I think this really ties into the whole should nigga be a word or should it not be used and whatnot. Growing up in my very diverse um, uh, school, I was always told, oh, I don't think anyone should use it. Or I don't think that um, 
someone should to be told not to say this. And because of this, I actually did unfortunately have a few minor issues when it came to race and stuff like that in my community. It was almost as if like, not a lot of people cared as much as I did about the situation. So I always went hard for like activism within my community. And I always made sure that everyone knew like, yes, I'm black and I'm proudly black. Um, I was part of my uh, school's Umoja club. It was just, I was unapologetically black. And I feel like once we get to the point where we are comfortably unapologetically black, um, as like a whole community uh, mm -hmm. and this whole light skin versus dark skin versus brown skin thing is thrown out. We are all one entity. We are all the black child. We must all heal the black child. We are a community. We are a culture. And that's why I'm saying uh, how you said before, we are not slaves. We were enslaved. And the whole life, if we were a liability, like, come on now. I'm just, we'll still I be over like, there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just so funny how we as black people are considered a minority, well, but not really anymore. Um, I just feel like we need to reclaim and reteach. And mm -hmm. we can do that by taking back control, by holistically applying anything to help our wellness, because at the end of the day, the, our healthcare system's number one priority is not to help heal and support the black woman or the black man ever. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's what's really disgusting about it, which is why I'm glad that we have for so long been involved with holistic treatment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think we have to keep in mind that there is power in, divi in division. And it's not ours. We lose. Every time we divide, we lose. And so when we say light skin versus dark skin, that there's a division. And now we can't come together because we're so divided emotionally around something that's just trivial. Rich versus poor. I have private insurance. You have Medicaid. You live in this zip code. You live, you live on the north side. We live on the south side. And whose hierarchy is this? Like who's and who is benefiting from that? Because it's not us. And so we, again, have to take back the narrative like we we are a community, whether, whether you live on the north side, the south side and the north of the South Pole, you are my sister, you are my brother. And how do we bring that together and stop allowing people to devise? We Christian, you Muslim, you older, you younger, you can't come over here. You you wearing that. We don't wear that. Like, stop it. There's power in that, and it's not ours. In fact, we lose it every time we divide. I really appreciate this whole conversation and the framing of wellness and reconnection to our heritage. Mm -hmm. Like the importance of that. You know, I, I, I don't know if folks, when we, when we think about holistic treatment, if we even consider that part, because it's that part, like you said, that it's, it's regaining the control, it's controlling that narrative that, you know, like, yo, like, we the cream of the crop. Y'all took us because y'all knew we, we had this knowledge. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that we were just ignorant and we were savages and we needed to to be trained and learn and all nah, we already had our, our whole thing going on exactly and so i think the the framing of holistic healing in that way of like reconnection is so so valuable and it it really touches me like i'm sitting here almost um with, with tears in my eyes because i'm like wow you know that is like so powerful like i think about um like I work with community and like having little black children say to me, like, well, I don't know. I don't know who my great, great, whoever that person is, but I, you know, we don't even come from nothing mm -hmm. and how that would hurt me mm -hmm. because th the narrative is so prevalent. Right. And we don't have the opportunity of, of learning through media. Right. That's not mainstream for us to learn that we, we should be proud Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And just thinking about how how 
much that alleviates for us mentally, like what, how much mental labor it is to walk around thinking that you are nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate um, uh, the, you know, the, the focus on reconnection to our heritage, reconnection to our ancestry, reconnection to those ways of being that are inherent to us as a, a, a one of the modes of holistic healing. And um, we have just a few minutes left. Um, I'm going to ask this question. Uh, Dr. T, what advice would you give your past self, you know, prior to all the knowledge you have right now uh, about attempting to heal from racial trauma and discrimination? That's a great question. I think it is knowing that I am amazing, that I am phenomenal and that I can reach whatever goals I set out to reach, no matter what is said, that I come from greatness, that I have it. And I think where my mind is, my body will follow. If I think that I'm nothing, then that's going to show up in my choices. But if I think I'm the like princess to a queen and king, like I'm follow suit. And so I think it's that like knowing we are those people and that we are from greatness and allowing our minds and our bodies to follow suit. Dr. T, there's a, thank you for that. And I also, what I want to add on to this is, is this, right? We come from kings and queens. We come from the architects, the engineers, the scientists, you know what I'm saying? The, the spiritual leaders, the healers, the um, astronomers, all of it, all of it. The agriculturalists, like when I learned, <laughs> when I learned the value of, of, of rice, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like the Carolina gold rice is African. What? Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and, all of the knowledge and the wisdom. And I feel like in this moment, I just want to say this, like it feels so good to, to even remember this in this moment because we are a diaspora. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're not just here in the United, we're all over the place. Yes. We have never been the minority, ever. Everywhere Europeans went, they, they found us. They're like, oh, y'all over here too? Well, we're going to call y'all the Greedos over here. We're going to call y'all X and Y over here. But we was everywhere. But just really recognizing the, 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 the heritage, the legacy, how inspirational that can be to folks and just even saying, I want to do something different. Yes. Powerful. All right. Well, Dr. T, we have just a minute left. I don't know if there's any closing uh, comments you'd like to say. I would just say that we need to remember that healing is within us, that they're holistic and all of these things are just labels. Like lean into what's inside of you, who you want to be, how you can be your best self, how you can live your best life. We each have that in our bodies and we we have the ability to do it. We are smart. We are phenomenal and we can do it together and as collective. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you all so much for the opportunity. This has been phenomenal. We could have talked about this for hours and days. So this is exciting. (laughs) Yes. Thanks to our audience, the folks tuning in from all over the world. Thank you um, again, so much. My name Support is Ethiopia. Does not go unnoted. Oh, I'm sorry. Again, my name is Ethiopia Ewart. And I'm Makai Mikhail- Williams Franklin. And this has and- been. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dr. T. Nope, you go ahead. No, no, I'm closing the show. So, <laughs> uh, and we had today Dr. Tanisha Freeman Foster with her wise, powerful self on here talking about Thank holistic healing. Thank you for checking us out. You've been watching Black Mental Health Matters, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. All right. Bye.